the Democrats really only have one option when it comes to the Supreme Court. Today, I want to unpack and explain it, talk about the legality of that one option, and hope you come on board. This is Sean King, and you are listening to The, the, the Breakdown. The, 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 the Breakdown. The, 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 the Breakdown. I don't know if you've seen, I don't want to call it a meme because it was someone's super thoughtful post. Uh, it's kind of become a graphic and a meme that I've seen shared now thousands. Hell, it, I think it's been shared millions of times over the past few years. Um, it's from a young woman named Mira Gans, and she says this, and I think it is probably the most spot-on, insightful commentary about the political moment that we're in. And I want to read it to you. It says, It's like Democrats and Republicans were playing a board game. Then Republicans were like, fuck it, and lit the house on fire. But Democrats are still just sitting in the burning house trying to win the board game. (laughs) Let me read it one more time. Sorry for those of you who may have kids with you. I know so many students and children listen to this. I am just reading it. It's like Democrats and Republicans were playing a board game. Then Republicans were like, fuck it, and lit the house on fire. But Democrats are still just sitting in the burning house trying to win the board game. It's spot on. It's exactly where we are right now. Republicans have not only it, it, it's too little to say that they've changed the rules. They're not even playing the same game. In fact, they're not playing a game. This idea that they just lit the whole thing on fire is spot on accurate. And it really has to go back to the presidency of Barack Obama, who let me let me say it how I mean it and how I feel it. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm still fighting through the final stages of recovering from the coronavirus. And when when you endure something like this, it just makes you want to just say what's on your mind. It's like, listen, if I can beat this and go through this and my whole family is still fighting through it, if I can do this, I'm not going to really hold my tongue. Um, President Obama was not radical. And I don't mean that as an insult. His humanity, I talk about this in my book, his humanity was radical. A black man married to a black woman with beautiful black children, a black man named Barack Hussein Obama, whose father was a Kenyan Muslim, whose mother was a white hippie. He grew up in Hawaii Hawaii and also uh, in Southeast Asia and uh you know, he is an altogether different human being when it comes to the presidency. But his politics weren't radical. He turned out to be politically, policy wise, a very regular, rather moderate Democrat. He was regularly trying to he was decent. I, I don't mean that as in like he was OK. I mean, he was like a. 
genuinely decent soul who wanted to find ways to uh, to be bipartisan. And he came in there with <clears throat> with good intentions and was super moderate. Like he was not some he was not a socialist. He was not a radical. He was not a revolutionary. The only thing that was particularly revolutionary was his humanity itself. But his revolutionary humanity unnerved the conservative white power structure in a way that just cannot be overstated. And for eight years, not only did we then see the rise of a white supremacist named Donald Trump, but the Senate Majority Leader, uh, Mitch McConnell, openly said, we are going to block, this is a quote, every single proposal this man has. And that's what they aim to do for his entire presidency. And they were open about it. It was no secret. All the way to the final year of Barack Obama's presidency, where with a year left in his term, Justice, Supreme Court Justice Scalia died. And Barack Obama against, I talked about it here on the podcast, and against my wishes and against so many other people's wishes, uh, uh, nominated uh, Merrick Garland, another super moderate, bland white man. <laughs> it was like, hold on, why'd you nominate this guy? He's so basic. He's so moderate, but it was Barack Obama's way of saying, listen, I won't nominate my dream liberal progressive revolutionary. I'm not going to nominate uh, a radical. I'm going to nominate a moderate and we should be able to find consensus. Then there was nothing wrong with Merrick Garland. He was the most acceptable person a Democrat would ever nominate. And in some ways, that was the point was that's what he did. He nominated somebody that you could not oppose on on the merit, on the substance. And for a year, the final year of Barack Obama's term, they blocked the appointment of Barack Obama's Supreme Court justice. It is his right to nominate someone, and he did nominate a very moderate, decent man that should have been quickly approved. And they, in essence, it is very accurate, stole that Supreme Court pick. And one of the first things that Donald Trump did was appoint his replacement. And we are learning today that after the death of Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, um, Donald Trump any day now is expected to nominate another replacement. And men like Mitt Romney, Mitt Romney, who literally voted to impeach Donald Trump, uh, has now said he plans on uh, voting for Donald Trump's nominee, that he will not oppose it. In essence, now basically making it impossible because of the Senate, of the Republican Senate majority, and and the fact that only two Republicans have said, no, the next president should be the one 
to choose this nominee, just like we did a few years ago. Uh, but Mitt Romney and virtually every other Republican has said, no, nah, I'm down. Forget what we just said. Forget what we just did when we said, no, it's wrong for a president in a presidential year, particularly if the Supreme Court justice who dies is uh, from the opposite political persuasion. It's just wrong for them to be able to make the nomination. So we oppose it. Now that Donald Trump has the exact same opportunity and a liberal judge has passed away, they say, never mind on what we said, never mind on what we did. We're going to ram this through. And it's back to that quote. It's like, listen, they're not playing the board game. They've set the whole house on fire. Let me share a quick word from one of our favorite sponsors, and I'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Is there something that's really interfering with your mental clarity, your ability to focus, that's preventing you from truly achieving your goals? Because here's what I know. The world is such a crazy place right now that it feels and it often is just overwhelming. But BetterHelp is here to make sure you don't go through it alone. BetterHelp is an online service that will help you assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. Listen, it's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online, and I love it. Right now is a special offer, and I want you to take advantage of this. Breakdown listeners get 10% off of your first month at betterhelp.com slash breakdown. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash breakdown. Better H-E-L-P to join the over 1 million people who've taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Take advantage of it and let me know how it goes. Here's what they've done. They have basically said, listen to me clearly, that they will do anything they can that's technically within the rule book to seize power. But Democrats are still playing the board game. Like, hold on, hold on, hold on. I thought we were playing by these norms. I thought we were playing by these set of rules. And Republicans are like, what? No, we never agreed to that. We're, we're doing anything we can within our power, whether it's unethical, whether it's uncouth or disrespectful or, or, or an insult to history. We're doing everything we can to seize power. And, and, and the fact that you're not doing that is not on us, it's on you. Here is the only thing that Democrats have left. I have spent the past few days studying almost every legal procedural option that they have to delay it. And they should take all of those things. Every single opportunity they have to stall and delay this nomination, they should do those things. But they are delaying the inevitable. When you don't have the majority in the Senate and you don't have enough people to block or stop something, and Senate rules 
now basically allow a simple majority to override a filibuster. And now that that's the reality, Republicans have the votes. The only thing we have left is for Democrats who currently control the House with a large majority to keep that majority to now win a strong majority in the Senate, win the presidency, and decide to do something that Congress actually has the power to do. Congress has the power to increase the number of Supreme Court justices. They can increase it to 10, 11, 12, 15, 19, 21, and then just begin appointing them. Nominate them and appoint them. They have that power. It's within the rules. And let's not say, hey, that's crazy. That's wild. We're already there. The House is already on fire. They have already set ablaze every norm, every standard. They literally stole a Supreme Court nomination. It belonged to President Barack Obama, and we can no longer get that back. Since they are using the rules to gain whatever advantage they feel like gaining, the only path we have is for Democrats to gain control of the House and the Senate and the presidency and say, hey, we're going to bump that number up and we're going to go ahead and appoint those empty seats. We're going to make good nominations. We're going to vote on them. We're going to do it right away. And that's just how it is. That's the power that we have. Okay, see you later. We're in that moment. That's what has to be done. Otherwise, this fake majority by a deeply unethical, horrible Republican Party, this fake majority could literally be the majority, not for a few years. It could be for 30, 40, 50 years. It's outrageous. And we're going to have to do something serious to change it. And that's what you need to be asking your senators, your congresspeople, your elected officials to stand up for. Listen, I've got to run. We're awaiting any moment now a decision on the officers who murdered Breonna Taylor. And um, I expect to be talking about that tomorrow. Love and appreciate each of you. Take care, everybody. education activities should not be something only the rich can afford. This is Ray King, here to tell you about an opportunity that your family has to join My Family's Learning Co-op this school year. You may have heard of parents forming learning paths where they're hiring teachers to help privately educate a small group of their children this school year. Well, what my husband Sean and I have formed is similar, except it's super affordable, available to families all over the world, and will be focused on enrichment classes that will support your child's regular school or homeschool curriculum. Classes like poetry and protest, 
the Civil Rights Movement, taught by Sean, Algebra Help, Dyeing Fabrics with Natural Products, and so much more. I've designed this co-op to allow all of the children in your household to take as many classes as they want each week for as little as $50 a month. That's less than I pay for one trumpet class for just one of my kids each month. I'm also happy to announce that I've partnered with iRaise Girls and Boys International, a nonprofit serving the Bronx, New York, to offer their families free or nearly free admission to this co-op. But in order to do that, I need as many paying families to join as possible. So your co-op membership not only benefits your family, but supports the family in need as well. Finally, a major benefit of co-ops is the community that's built among kids and parents. We're all feeling a little more isolated this year as we're stuck spending way more time in the house than usual. And our kids are missing interaction with their friends from school and their friends from their extracurricular activities. Hands in Co-op will have private chat forms for parents and specialty interest groups for kids. Join our community now at patreon.com slash hands in co-op. The registration deadline is September 7th. So go to patreon.com slash hands in C-O-O-P now to join our learning community.